0: So as you can tell from my podcast and from my Instagram, especially if you're watching my stories, we are kind of full into Ramadan prep and a couple weeks before Ramadan, I think it's not just us, the rest of the world. And we have kind of been full on letting you know all types of tips. Keep coming back and looking forward to those. Um, We definitely have those coming up next. But I thought I'd take a pause in what we're doing to bring up a subject that I know might be on a lot of sisters' minds in Ramadan, because in Ramadan, it's that time of change. We want to be better. We want to do stuff we know we're supposed to do. We want to stop doing the things we know we shouldn't be doing. And one of those things is hijab for many women. Maybe you're wearing hijab, but you know it's not completely like the proper way to wear hijab, Or maybe you want to wear hijab and you're thinking this Ramadan will be it for you. Well, I have an incredibly beautiful guest today, Hadiya Tuan, and she has a new book that is out and it's called Modest in the West, an Untainted Journey of Wearing Hijab. And she talks about her struggle and kind of where it was. And I was thinking maybe it'd be really, really helpful if so many of you could have kind of her words of wisdom and how she did it because it wasn't overnight, but she figured it out and take those lessons to apply them to ourselves, for ourselves, for our daughters coming up. You know, it's a difficult world. So I thought you guys would really, really enjoy this. Um, by the way, there's also my first Podcast giveaway on this episode. I'm actually going to give away um, two things. One of them is a hijab from um, I think it's maybe it's Hot Hijab or the um, Ab Company. We'll see when we get inside. And then the other thing is I'm going to do a giveaway with her also on Instagram. So look forward to that too. But definitely, let's see who could participate in this one. I'm really really excited. This is our first podcast giveaway with our dear sister, and looking forward to talking to her. Let's go. So today we have a special sister on the podcast. Very, very excited because every time a Muslim woman does something, it resonates and it affects all of us, especially when we're able to take the lessons that she's learned and implement them in our life before we have to go through those things. Or maybe you are going through those things right now. And mostly today we'll be talking about hijab and the whole journey of the, the modest women and the things that we go through as women. And alhamdulillah, we have an amazing guest today that I would introduce to you because she just published a book that I'm sure you will all want to pick up, especially as Ramadan is approaching. Everybody's asking me kind of like, what's a good read? And so alhamdulillah, we have today Hadiya Tuwan and sister is with us and she's going to talk to us a bit about her journey with hijab and her book. And inshallah, if you stay for the podcast, you're going to hear my first ever podcast giveaway. I always do giveaways on Facebook and Instagram and Thrive, but we were like, you know what, we're going to mix it up. And she was down for it. So we have an awesome, awesome giveaway. And inshallah, we're going to tell you by the end how to win it to get a um, hijab from Ab and a new copy of her book. So assalamu alaikum, to welcome to the podcast
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: yeah, no, we are so excited. and I'm just gonna dive right in. I cannot wait to hear about you. I think what's important to so many of our sisters is that we we can feel the journey of one another and really really um I know a lot of what I read inside of um your book and just talking to you just really resonated with me and so many other sisters in their journey. and I just want to like dive right in and just ask. Tell us all about you, kind of like um, your background and just generally like who you are as a person, you know, um, whether you're a mom or you work, or whatever. Just let us know about you and inshallah, this is added, then we're gonna dive right into kind of all the awesome things you have
1: to share with our listeners. Awesome, my name is Hadia Tawan and that's originally from West Africa. So I was born in Guinea, Conakry, that's on the West side. Um, I would say right next to Senegal, around Ghana, and I came to the United States when I was nine years old, so I pretty much grew up in New York, (laughs) big city, right, a city that never sleeps, and I kind of, like, struggled with my hijab my entire life and decided around my adulthood to wear it after all the struggles that I faced and coming to a realization that really having a connection with Allah and doing what pleases the most is what will bring me tranquility and peace and trying to fit in with the rest. is just, it's just another way of being a people pleaser because again, we live in a world where everyone expects you to look a certain way. The more you, the more skin you show, the more you're you're appreciated in society and the more you're given certain op- professional opportunities. So for me, I had to go from not wearing the hijab, which was a completely different lifestyle to not wearing the hijab. had to find a way to navigate through that. It's like a complete shift for me. It's like a 360 degree change for me. And every day I'm just learning little by little. And along the way, I'm just trying my best not to feel like I'm better than anyone, or anyone is above me. I'm just following my journey and doing my best with that. So one thing that I know that um,
0: our listeners really, really um, talk to me a lot about, especially even off the podcast, is about how difficult hijab is. And many of them, alhamdulillah, they either wear hijab and they're struggling with it. They're considering, you know, what do I do? And this and this situation happens. And some of them haven't put it yet, They're waiting for the right time. And so I know your book really speaks to your journey. So I would love to hear kind of like, how did you go from, okay, now you're wearing it. Like what happened? What happened in your heart? What happened in your life to kind of inspire you and kind of how the book touches on that.
1: Well, for me, it was a whole journey. It didn't happen overnight. I would say for two years, I was kind of like flirting with it. It kind of started with a dream. I saw a hijab wearing woman in my dream and I woke up and I'm like, no, I'm absolutely not ready for it right now. And then I just kept seeing outside of the dream, seeing hijab wearing women everywhere that I went and I kind of felt guilty, like I'm supposed to be doing something and I'm not doing it. And in my mind, I told myself that I there were certain things that I would do as a Muslim, and then certain things I would leave out. So I was kind of like nitpicking what I wanted to do and what I could um, could handle. But then I realized at some point that I was kind of being ungrateful in a way because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, gave me so much. And he only asked me to, to do that one thing. And why am I making excuses? So for me, it had to take time, you know, it, it didn't just happen overnight. And when it did happen, you know, it was, it was a big shock for everyone. Um, but again, for me, I was comfortable with it. And then I just had to go on, uh, take it day by day.
0: Yeah. Tell me more about the shock of your family. Because I think a lot of our listeners, they worry about the reactions of friends and family on anything they do, any big moves they make, especially when it becomes like, you know, I'm going to get more religious and Ramadan's coming around. I'm considering like leaving this or doing that. And it's, it's this internal struggle. So tell me what were some of the reactions of your family? Like what was some things they would tell you or you felt really challenged, you know, about? And then what were your reactions in terms of like the internal feelings? Like how did you push through them?
1: For me, I, again, I was going first, I used to wear extensions, used to have my hair. So first I had to get over the whole being addictive to extensions and having these long locks to just taking that out and, and being comfortable with my hair, my natural hair, and then also covering. So I had to, it's a huge addiction that I have because there are different things you could be addicted to. And for me, extensions was one thing that was Absolutely not ready to give up. And because I wanted to have, especially as a Black woman, you always want to look different, have different types of hairstyles, especially as Africans. We have all types of hairstyles. So for me to let go of that, that's what I was used to my entire life, to now just having my natural hair that I was not completely comfortable with. So I had to find a way to not only embrace my natural hair the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created me, but to also be humble and cover myself and only have certain parts of me exposed to the people that are dearest and closest to me and the people that would value me for who I am and not what I look like. And so for my family, of course, I didn't come from like a religious uh, family, you know? Um, So everyone was kind of shocked. They thought I was going through a phase, like maybe I would change my mind at some point or maybe. I'm going through another like, um, I wouldn't say crisis because I'm not really um, but everyone's kind of shocked and but I told myself that eventually they'll come on board. so I had to stick to my plan and and it's something that you just if you try to come up with so many excuses as to why you're not gonna wear it, you just you're gonna drag it for a very long time because you know, there's always a reason not to wear it, you know, but if you tell yourself that, you know, I'm going to do it, and it doesn't matter if it's perfect or not, my intention is what matters, I have the intention of improving every day, that's what helps the most, because people will criticize you regardless, and there will be people who like you in this world, whether you wear the hijab or not, and people who wouldn't like you, so it's, it's better not to be a people pleaser, I would say.
0: You know, it's so funny. So many things that you're saying, um, they're they are related to things that we struggle with as women. And they all kind of, I hate to say it like this, they come down to like um, how comfortable you are with yourself. Because like, if you're a people pleaser, you oftentimes are doing that because you're just trying to you know, make everybody happy around you because you're worried they won't, you know, like you because you want to be liked because you have all these issues with like fitting in and and having people accept you. And it, it all comes down to you and your own level of self-worth and self-love. Right. And the same thing about like, okay, I make a decision in my life and not everybody's on board. I could tell you right now, I was actually sitting the other day in my living room, thinking about the five biggest decisions I made it had all different ones and they were the biggest ones that made everybody mad and to this day they were the best decisions of my life and I like yeah. would never ever give them up so the funny thing was though I went through fire right so I'm sure you went through your own like little internal warfare mm-hmm. and people so it goes back to that like the best things or the things that are worth fighting for so like mm-hmm. don't expect get to put on hijab and have no fight fight from society right. but- it doesn't mean anything like you said I love that you said like people you know they'll come around eventually and even if they don't if it meant that much to you do you really need them to it's really between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I love how you detail that in your book and I wanted to ask you that
1: what was your favorite part of your book Oh, well, the book I would say chapter 11 chapter 11 is actually the longest chapter because it goes into detail. So it's called the stages of modesty. I named it first, in the beginning of the book, I wanted to write it in a story form. So explain my whole childhood, what it was like transitioning from living in a Muslim country to a non Muslim country, where not wearing the hijab to wearing the hijab. So for the first few chapters, first 10 chapters, uh, and also the the fall of the Twin Towers, how that impacted me as a Muslim living in New York. So from the first 10 chapters, I go through that. And then the 11th chapter, I wrap everything up into stages and stages of what it was like going through this as a new person trying to, as a a woman trying to to embrace modesty in the West. So I thought about it, okay. So I said, what was I going through at first? I said, okay, fear, the first thing I had was fear. I was so afraid. How would I live up to these high standards of hijab? That was my number one fear. And I felt like so many people, that's what's holding them back, you know, it's fear. So I thought that's one thing so many people could relate with fear. So I put fear as number one stages of modesty. Now I have many stages in there, but it's it's probably in different order for everyone. But I listed it in the way that I experienced it. So I first said fear, that's something that was a big deal for me. Once I got over that, it's kind of like you have to push yourself off the cliff, even though you're scared. Just got to go for it and then just hope for the best and know that you can spend your entire life trying to please people and eventually you'll never be able to please everyone. But if you try to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he will always recompense you and you will always be pleased with you. So that's what I had to remind myself throughout this whole process. So chapter 11, it's the longest chapter, but it goes through the different stages of modesty that I experienced. And I felt that so many other women would relate to that. So I thought that was very important to list out the different stages that people might go through. So if you're thinking of wearing a hijab and you're probably wondering like, what it, what can I potentially go, in, go through? You know, so I lay it all out and my emotions, my fears, the struggles, everything there, my family, everything that I experienced, um, internal battles, external battles, all of that is laid out in chapter 11 before I conclude in chapter 12 so I would say chapter 11 is my favorite because it walks the reader through my journey and it also allows me to be even more vulnerable in detail in depth I love that and and you
0: know so much of what Women are waiting for us, like that revelation moment. I think that's what you're having in chapter 11. You're like, look, this is actually mm-hmm. what happened to me. And then you're replaying kind of like these stages that you went through. And I think that's really important. I love that you mentioned the stages because so many times we go through things and we don't realize we're going through natural stages. We think like mm-hmm. this. Is me right? So I have like sisters that they're grieving. Like sometimes they lost a baby. Sometimes they lost a loved one. Sometimes they didn't actually physically lose someone. They just had a divorce and uh-huh. even divorce is like a death, right? Like it's, it's uh-huh. this thing that you had that is no longer there that you're grieving over. It's grief. There's so many types of grief. And so subhanAllah, sometimes we hang on to their old selves because we're like uh-huh. grieving that old self. Like, oh my gosh, this person I've been through myself, you know, so much with this side of myself, but there's points where we have to let go of that old version, so right that the new version can blossom out and as you're going through that transition kind of like the butterfly in the cocoon it's like you said it's these stages and so we often think that that's just me but so many of us are silently in our homes as Muslim females going through these same stages as we're trying mm-hmm. to become better and grow. And, and subhanAllah, I love how you lay it all out in there. And I think if anybody was to read that, they would just really, really just get such strength to take the next step in their own journey. Like it wasn't just me. Like, yeah, look at this mm-hmm. sister and she did it. And, you know, so many people, they like you said, um, they wait to be like holy or super, super religious before they put on hijab. Islam mm-hmm. came to an imperfect people. Like we're right. not supposed to be perfect and then put on hijab. There's a bunch of Muslims walking around with hijab that probably are not that, that you know, high level. Right. Indian. And there's some who are, but like that actually has nothing to do with it. So I love that you touched on that. It's just like, you just know, like, I just gotta be grateful. This is mm-hmm. a sign of of gratitude. Like Allah, mm-hmm. I recognize what you do for me. You told mm-hmm. me to do this because I know it's not optional. I'm just holding mm-hmm. back. And then now I'm gonna do it to show you I'm ready to take that next step of gratitude it's and that. trust. It's actually just a symbol of that. I mean, it's a symbol of Islam, but I mean, for that as well. And so mm-hmm. subhanAllah, it says something about, where we're willing to go for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and, and that love and that trust. And that's really, really beautiful. So, so, so beautiful. And I love that you touch on that in the book. And um, you know, the struggle with hijab is real for so many women. I just mm-hmm. want to ask you, why do you think that is? Why do you think so many women, like the real reason so many of us struggle? with hijab i mean it's just it's so easy it's a piece of cloth you wear on your head there's so many beautiful companies now that we're never we're going to give away something for one of those companies today (laughs) we have a beautiful company that's gonna gonna give away a piece for one of you sisters but i'm just saying like there are so many beautiful like stuff they never had 10 15 years ago it should be easier than ever why do you think it's so hard for women
1: one thing i will say is that what we're listening to and what we're watching we're listening the world we live in today, it's like women are objectified. And so we have this impression that this is what sexy looks like. This is what beautiful looks like. And we're kind of like being followers instead of leaders. And we don't have to be followers in this world. Be a leader, you know, understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expects of you. And don't try to fit in with the rest in the West, as I mentioned in the book. Um, Just be yourself, because if you try to fit in where everyone else, you're just gonna end up in something that you're not even supposed to be doing so i feel like the images that we're exposed to the music that's out there it's just it's, it degrades women it makes women feel like they have to twerk maybe to look attractive to show parts of their bodies to be beautiful and so we have this wrong impression of what beauty and sexy looks like and thinking that we, f- we might get more attention likes social media if we show certain parts of our bodies our hair so Mm. there's this there's this hype on how to look so as women we think okay if I do this I'm gonna get attention this is what beautiful looks like but that's not what it is and what what I like most about Dean is that Allah, he really rewards you for your intention and what you have in your heart not what you look like and that's that's the most beautiful part. It's not that you're light skin or dark skin or tall or you have long hair or short hair. It's about your heart. You know, how pure and how good is your heart? So, if we could spend more time on working on our hearts, that would be a lot more helpful than focusing too much on the outer parts of us. So, I would say it's what we're exposed to. If you could limit listening to certain things like music, um, Watching certain shows, you know, think it's really what you're allowing into your soul. You know that could affect you. I would say.
0: No, it's so it's so true because if I expose, like for example, my kids, like we don't listen to music in the house or anything like that. So my kids, like Mm -hmm. we'll do we'll do nasheed without instruments if we even do that. And so my kids are not exposed to music, so they actually have no music to sing. So they Mm -hmm. end up. In their own music and their music ends up being the things that they know about their life. So they're like, oh Allah. And they start singing about Allah. They sing about their mommy. They sing about their dad. And what they do is like we've kind of like we, yeah, we expose them to the real world. We're out and about. We're in the centers, we're in the mosque. We we don't shelter them. But at the same time, when we have time to actually enjoy things, we make sure that the things they enjoy are things that are going to be like, you know, good for their Beneficent. souls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so like then they don't actually because they're consuming less like filth in this way, less filth mm-hmm. comes out. So because of that, they have just a different approach to the world. And that's the whole thing. Like if you take your feed on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not going to follow these people anymore because they keep reminding me that this right. stuff is like, you know, this way and sexy and cute and beautiful. And because I'm going to feel lured into that. I don't believe anybody who says they're not affected by that. You know, when I was teenager- you
1: unfollowed so many celebrities. Like I don't follow celebrities that I used to Subconsciously idolized. I had to unfollow them and just stay away from them, and stay away from pop culture as much as possible. No, it's really crazy
0: right now. Like it's so like I thought it was crazy ten years ago. Like right now, it is ridiculous. Like I can't even open up certain apps without hearing like, and my kids are like, and I'm like, and I just like I wasn't even on anything yet. The feed just like. Threw up on me, and I was just like, "Oh my goodness, what is that?" And so many times, and sometimes there would like, "There's, there's Muslima, and they're dancing, and they're singing to these things too." And it's just so confusing. I think there's just so much confusion out there because, like you said, you got the pop culture, and then it comes in and it mixes, and we're influenced. Mm-hmm. And we show up on social media, and we're pushing it too. And then the women who are considering hijab, they're seeing the hijabi doing it, and then the non-Muslim doing it, and it's just such confusion. And I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if we all just had our own personality, like. Right. We're just just following, like you said, instead of being leaders, that was exactly it. And Khadija mm-hmm. and all the other mothers of the believers, they were powerful women. And the irony is today, us women, we just want to be powerful. Like, oh, I want to be empowered. I want to mm-hmm. feel strong. I mean, then we were following like weaklings and we're not right. strong on anything. So like putting on hijab actually shows you're strong because everybody else mm-hmm. told you not to and you knew it was right and you did it anyway. That just shows inner strength on the outside. So like, mm-hmm. it's just it's just so true. And um, I was thinking about the, like in your book, okay, so you talked about chapter 11, but mm-hmm. if, if a sister opened up your book, what would some of the other messaging or like things that would be in there? What are some other things that the book covered that uh, that you think were really,
1: really important for women to hear today? i will will talk about i talked about the insecurities that you might go through um i mean like i said just because you decided to wear the hijab doesn't mean it's gonna be a, a perfect journey you're gonna have fears you're gonna have insecurities am i covering too much but one thing i i realized i came across something that said that the more you cover, covered, the more Allah loves it, and this really put my heart at peace, because it's like, wow, so Allah really loves modesty, so the more I'm covered, the more he loves that, so that's one thing you could always remind yourself, and again, it's, it's something that's not gonna stop, even though you're at your highest, you know, your imam is high, it's very, very high, just know that it could come back down. And it's something that you always have to work on. You know, it goes up and down, it fluctuates. So don't beat yourself down. Just know that it's a journey. That's why I call it a journey because one day you're feeling like, wow, I can do this. And then another day you're having insecurities. You're not feeling your best, but you just stick to it regardless and know that in the end, you're going to get rewarded for it, inshallah. And it's something that Allah loves just remind yourself that if other people don't like you or appreciate you for what you do as a Muslim and how you look, just know that Allah loves you and appreciates you. So for me, having that in the book and showing that it's not about being perfect, you know, just because you started wearing a hijab doesn't mean you're not going to have any, any flaws, any insecurities, any doubts, you're going to face all of that. But it's about sticking with your plan, being a leader, And whoever likes you for who you are, okay, great. whoever don't, don't. They won't like you anyway. So you just keep moving on with your life and do what pleases your Lord.
0: No, it's so true. And it's like you said, the longer you're on this earth, you realize that you can't please everybody. And when you do, you stop trying. They're just like, okay, so then I can finally stop and be myself. Okay, because either way, there's never gonna be a point where everybody's like, yeah, you, you're good. Because somebody always has something to say, especially on social media, right? You just, you do anything and there's a snarky comment, there's judgment, there's... And that's the thing. So I learned to leave the yardstick of society and just take like the yardstick of Allah. Like Allah measures beauty like this. I Mm -hmm. need to learn how Allah measures beauty. What Mm does modesty mean not in 2023 in this country or that country? What does that mean to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And when you do what Allah loves, he loves you Mm -hmm. more. And when he loves you more, it's not just that he makes the hijab journey easier. He makes everything easier right because you now have gained his favor and i don't think our, our people know what that means when you gain the favor of a less with it's like being in a storm outside and it's like a thunderstorm mm-hmm. hailing and he's there it's like an umbrella and you're exactly. shouting, and you're still in a storm but you'll feel it see that's exactly. the difference like people think their storms are gonna go away. No, no no you're gonna have storms mm-hmm. you're gonna have problems you're gonna have fights but you're not gonna feel it The way you did if you were like on the wrong side, you know? So Mm -hmm. like I feel like so much of my life is made easier that I don't deserve just because I am trying so hard. And like you Mm -hmm. said, you're not gonna be perfect. And I want Mm -hmm. sisters to know that, like that's okay. And and I'm not perfect. We're not like it's just, it's just, it's just a journey every day. So I love that. Mm -hmm. If you were gonna give one piece of advice to Mm -hmm. sisters who are struggling like out of all the stuff you got in your bag like what Mm -hmm. would you tell a sister like some like one of your top pieces of advice about about this journey and those who are struggling with this
1: okay if you look around you see that there's always going to be someone who looks better you look at one person wow this person looks better and you look at the next wow and it's like everywhere you look there's going to be a person that looks better than you and beauty fades. So if our entire lives we focused on the outer appearance and we're not focused on the inner, it's, it's, you're going to waste your time. You're going to damage your soul, you know, just know that there's always going to be someone who looks better than you. So at least if you're covered, you're focused more on the internal, you know, and it's it's something that you really have to sit down and decide for yourself. Do you want to please Allah or do you want to please the creation? And if you're trying to please the creation, you can never attain that goal. But if you're trying to please Allah, you can take baby steps Well, all he cares about is your intention. Mm-hmm hundred percent. And, you know, I think sometimes women, you know, we worry about guys
0: too, especially the unmarried sisters that listen to this podcast. Like I could totally feel that. Like, we you know, when you're young, you're trying to get married, trying mm-hmm. to find a guy. So if a guy wants to look at you without hijab, you need to question his level of dean. Right. If he's attracted to that, and you know, most of our women, you know, they come to me and they're like, well, I'm not perfect. You know, I then they might wear hijab, might not, but they want a guy who's good because they understand mm-hmm. they want a religious guy because they want to have a family and they want a good family. So uh, funny enough, they might not even wear hijab, but then they're like attracted to guys who are better because they want to have a good family. But, but my thing is, if you're going out there also and you're going out there like, I don't wear hijab, I wear, you know, clothes that are less modest and stuff, and then he's attracted to you and he marries you, you're already, you know, you know what I mean. Like you get with a right. guy on a totally different level than what you probably mm-hmm. are going to want in the long run, and that might really come and hit you in the end. So, at the end right. of the day, that's the father of your child. That's the man you have to be able to trust. You have to be able to know that, like if he's looking at you inappropriately dressed as you look at other females inappropriately dressed you want a guy that's attracted to a girl of dean and that's why obviously we have to put that dean on you know Mm -hmm. so that way we can get that guy that we know will be a long-term solution for our family and that strong figure we want him to Mm -hmm. be religiously solid and if he's attracted to women who are not
1: following then that's just going to make it harder for us later you feel me do you you don't go with that and i do want to add one more thing that i mean just because you covered doesn't mean you stop, you give up on yourself. I would say take your time, work out, get in shape. And when you're home, you look at your body, like admire yourself and say, mashallah, I look good. You have to be your own hype woman because when you go out there, you won't need other people to compliment you because at home, you you look good, you always tell yourself that you look good, I mean, that's one thing I would give to people, another tip, you know, um, it's so
0: true, It's so true, you know, and I have this, Um, I, one of the courses we have is a marriage boost course, and it's funny, because when I teach women how to be, I don't like to use this word too much, because I know there's kids in the room, moms, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> if I say, like, sexy, like, you know, the thing is, like, we're used to going outside, right, so we get dressed mm-hmm. up, we go outside, so I had to flip it when I understood the dean, right, and that's right, has to- dress beautiful inside so it's funny because Fun. I'll be at the store and I'm buying like mini skirts I'm buying nah, 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 and people are like what are you gonna do with that look at your dress like oh you I'm like you think I don't wear these I wear these right. all the time just you don't see them sorry you know like exactly. I'm not love well. so I wear them in my house I have a spouse I have uh maybe like parties as sisters you know hello parties we hang out mm-hmm. together, we dress up, where we feel good and we we allowed to be feminine, you know, in ways right. that are appropriate, but like I can be I can be cute and I can be feminine and I can be beautiful mm-hmm. so like I love that you said that. We're not talking about like hanging it up for some like really mm-hmm. like you know, like mama house dresses. I'm saying like you can be beautiful. Now that the amount of companies with beautiful clothing that is yes. covered a hundred percent, I'm I'm going to start to work with a couple in this year. Just so beautiful. I wish they had those when I was first starting out. I <laughs> gorgeous. But like you said, you could have that outside and inside mm-hmm. you can have your own little cute self. Yes. And, and that doesn't have to go away. You just approach it a different way.
1: A different way, okay? Exactly.
0: Totally, totally. I love that we got to sit together and talk about your book. And ladies, I want to tell you about the giveaway now so you can also get a copy. Either way, you can get a copy, first of all. A signed copy. Yes. Oh, a signed copy. Look at that. Idea 2 has it on Amazon. It comes actually in digital, um, in um, print and audio. And alhamdulillah, what we're doing in the giveaway is we're actually going to give away a copy of her book and we're going to give away a hijab in the spirit of kind of what we're talking about, a beautiful, beautiful hijab from an awesome company named Ab. And so many of you guys know that I know. So how do you actually get it? All right, the way to get it is we're going to, if you hear this podcast from the day this podcast comes out, we're going to give it about four days. And the reason I say that, too, is because when you go to do reviews, reviews take about 24 to 48 hours to show. So all you have to do is leave a review on the podcast and follow
1: on Hadithu's channel. Hadithu, you want to say your channel for Instagram? Yes, my IG handle, my Instagram handle is at one. So at author, H-A-D-I-A-T-O-U-1, that's W-A-N-N. So at author one, that's my IG handle. So follow me and make sure you leave a review on the podcast to get Absolutely. a giveaway.
0: I'm going to put the information below, ladies, too, in the description. If you have any trouble with that, you can always DM me. You can DM Hadiatu too, and that way either of us will help you out in getting that in. And we cannot wait to announce it. Probably I will be announcing because I can't announce, like, here in the podcast. Usually I'll be able to announce it in the um, Instagram right away. If there's another podcast coming out, I might even shout you out there, too. But definitely, definitely put in for it because at the end of the day, it's really important that we not only just support each other as women, but we just we face things that are hard and we just push through them because when you do those, I mean, how good did you feel, sis? Like when you actually cross that like, it was it was a struggle at the at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But then when you cross that, I mean, how good do you feel?
1: No, I feel it's so comfortable. I feel comfortable. And I'm like, why did it take me so long to wear the hijab? I'm so comfortable now. Alhamdulillah. I really asked Allah to beautify the hijab for me too. Always ask renew your intention and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to beautify it for you. So when you see other women that wear the hijab you just like mashallah that's so beautiful so it inspires you to keep it on so always ask allah to beautify the hijab for you alhamdulillah may allah beautify the hijab
0: that we give one of you ladies in the giveaway (laughs) i can't wait to see who wins alhamdulillah thank you sis for coming and sharing this beautiful story and this beautiful book and i can't wait to have sisters enjoy it and read it through Ramadan. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for all of us to find a way Amen. to love what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves and hate what he hates and to find the strength to find beauty in what, what he truly loves for us and what's good for us. Ameen Rabbil Alameen. Jazakum Allahu Thank you so much. And I will talk to you all in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum. Rahmatullahi, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.